Hi, I'm Shay. And I'm David. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game related topics. On tonight's show, we will be discussing what we've been playing, the news, and for our main topic tonight, we are to be going to be discussing completionism in the board game community. Yes. So people and stuff that need to have everything for a board game. Yeah. Or genre or board games. I Like, I need to have every board game. Yeah, yeah. in general. We just in need general, to have every single one. I, I just need them all. Yeah. <laughs> and a bigger house. Uh, and a bigger, a bigger room just for bigger them. Bigger room yeah. just for the games. Yes, that is our plan for tonight. We'll it's see how great. that goes. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it'll be riveting. It'll be awesome. Okay, first we're going to talk about what we played and... Miraculously enough, Shaylin did play board games last week. I did, and uh, also shocking, we played the same games. I, I know it's surprising. It's, it, it is odd when we play the same games. Especially but... when we live in the same house and we don't go anywhere. Exactly. Uh, so, the big one? Rise of Queensdale. So excited. I was thinking smartphone ink. Oh, sorry. Okay. We, we will start with one. Rise of Queensdale. Okay. I, technically, we got smartphone ink first and we discussed it last week, but... No, nope. we, we discussed having it. We having hadn't it, played yeah, it. We didn't play it yet. Yeah. But um, no, hey. Rise of Queensdale. I was really excited to play this game. This is you, um, by Inca and Marcus Brand, who did Raja the Ganges, another one of our favorites. Another one of our favorites. And uh, you really sucked me into this game when you said Royal Plunger. Like, that's really yes. all I needed to know, that I wanted to play this game. This is a legacy game? It is. Or campaign? No, it's legacy. No, it's legacy. Because there's stickers. Yeah, there's yeah. stickers and stuff. So... We'll try not to spoil anything, and we shouldn't because we've only played one we've game. We've only so far. played the start game. There's nothing that you have to unlock in that game, so everybody will always go through this. Um, yes. It's it's a really easy game to pick up. The basic idea is it's a worker placement, so or dice, dice placement. placement, dice worker placement. Um, so you roll your dice, and on those dice you have things that you can get. Basically, there's an action or two action spaces. And then the rest are all um, resources. Yep. So if you get a resource, you put that resource on the resource track, you get resources. That's very easy. Um, the actions, there's a whole board full of things you can do, such as getting bread. Um, coins. Coins. Using building. them to get morale. Building things on your map. Um, getting assistance. You know, getting herb hot stuff like that. Yep. Moving your little guy on the, tra on the main board. So everything you can do is on that. There are workarounds of this uh, track. You know, if you don't roll any actions, you can yeah. spend a resource and that matching resource die to use that as an action, which is nice because with as with most dice rolling, you never roll what you want, right? Yeah, I thought the mitigation of the dice was, was a neat idea where yeah. the dice that don't have specifically an action allowed or a free action yeah. is how I guess we should phrase it allow you to use that die with the matching resource to take an action. Yeah, that way you're yeah. never stuck with nothing to do, right? Unless yeah. you don't have the resources. But I never found at any point I didn't have a resource I could use with a die. Exactly. And and the neat thing was that each resource had a limited amount of spaces where people could put dice as well. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't just sit there and load up and load up and load up on dice or on uh, resources. Exactly. And the first person to go there got a bonus. Yeah, you'd get an extra one. Which... I, I, it was just, it was clean. Yeah, it played it, so well. It looks more complicated than it is, mm -hmm. sort of like Raja's. It, it's a really 
big game. Like you yeah. need a lot of space for this game because there's the main board, which has four different sections of a lot of tiles. Um, and then two sideboards, which are half the size of the main board. Yeah. That you have to find space for on your table. Plus you have your own little character board in front of you. Plus three boards of buildings you can build. Plus three boards of buildings you can build, plus your die, your dice. Yeah. So it's it's huge. It's a big game. It was it was kind of funny because you look at the rule book or the setup, and mm -hmm. it shows it all fitting neatly, and it wasn't a it scale. It doesn't. No. <laughs> I mean, it, it fits. You just got to make it fit. Yeah. Um, it, there, there's a big table presence yeah, to this. So like one of those boards is the action track. The other one is both your score track and also your morale. Morale is just a way to basically get more points and activate buildings on your board, which is going to come in handy later on in the game, I think, because it activates production buildings, which give you things. Yeah. Which you don't have, like, you don't start with any buildings off the bat. So you have yes. to build those. Yeah. So there was uh, production buildings and storage buildings yeah. is what was available in the first game. Uh, production buildings, anytime you move your morale up to a space that has a pink line on it, you got whatever production buildings you yeah. had. Uh, the storage buildings worked a la Charterstone, where you could only hold so much at the end of each game. Yeah. And this allowed you to increase that amount. Exactly. So legacy game, you carry stuff over that you have space for. Yep. Um, and then, so yeah, you got your morale. The scoring in this game, the way you win, is really interesting. So the, the premise behind this game is you are building a city slash castle for the the queen who is Who's sick. Sick, yes. I assume that's going to play into the story, but right now there's no aspect to that. Um, so you're trying to get a certain amount of victory points that shows that you've done a good job, right? Building, um, you're building your city. And so you start off with everybody's trying to get to 10 points. Yep. And you gain points through building, um, through getting, you know, getting up on the morale track and also building her putts. And yep. her putts allow you to move and gain bonuses that are on the board. Yeah, there's um, a bunch of herbs around the board, and, and if you, you walk over yeah. with your scout, you, you get, get them. it. Yep. So that's that's uh, also a neat aspect. Um, if you get there, then what I found really cool was that you know whoever gets to that ten points um, for the next game they have a higher amount to get to. Yeah. But the other people still have to reach that ten point one. Yeah. So the game from what we've read is there's about 10 epochs mm -hmm. and e each epoch has a different goal. Yeah. And once you reach one of them, you get a new one, mm -hmm. right? And if you haven't reached it, you're still going for that same epoch. It's just the person who previously got there has a much harder goal. So we know in the second game, Shay, who won I the won. game <laughs> and as usual in a, uh, legacy game, I finished last, uh, so we're going for 10 points and she's going for 16. Yeah. And also the thing, the amount of points I get for certain items has increased as well. Okay. So it, it, I didn't yeah. know that. No. So in, you know, in the base, base game to when you build a building, you get two points, I get three and uh, you build or you get the trumpet. You, I think you got one and now I get two, but I still only get one for the her putts. See, that's going to be interesting how it plays out yep. going forward. Because if it's just a matter of, okay, I no longer need 10 points, 16 points, but I get double the points every time I do something. Except I only get one more point. I don't I, get double. I, it's not quite double, but it does yep. increase it. So you're still going to reach there pretty quick. Theoretically. Right? In, in theory. Yeah. 
Uh, but also if you didn't make it, you get a bonus for the next game yeah. of a different die side. So you're still building, you're building die yeah. in this. You're adding stickers to your dice. Which is neat. It's a different, different style of the legacy that we've seen so far. Yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I won. It was yep. great. But I thought it was really easy to pick up and it was, it was fun to see like what you could do with the dice that you get. Yeah. Uh, to be able to build things. And I know I mentioned the plunger. The plunger is the best part because the, the board is made up of these pressed in cardboard tiles to get them off of the board so you can replace them with building tiles. You stick the plunger on it and they pop up and then they pop off the plunger. Fantastic. Just and, wonderful. And just the cleanest pop sound it's as they so come It's so satisfying. Uh, yeah, I really like the game. I thought the table presence was great. I thought the rules were very approachable. And I'm really looking forward to getting through this game and playing it a bunch more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so the second one we're going to talk about is... Uh, Smartphone Inc., yep. which is the Kickstarter that came in last week that I discussed or mentioned in the news. We mentioned because it showed up last week, like the yeah, day of. Yeah, it showed, on, showed up on our recording day last week. Yeah. Uh, Smartphone Inc., you are a one of, it's a one to five player game. You are running a smartphone company. Uh, and your goal is to move into different markets and sell your phones. Uh, it's very economic. I would say it's medium weight. Uh, and the neat aspect of this game is you're playing five rounds and they're broke up into eight stages mm -hmm. each round. And the first stage is you're planning your actions for that round. So each stage you have to have the symbols on these two boards to be able to do those actions. Mm -hmm. And those boards have to overlap anywhere from one to four spaces. Mm -hmm. And however many spaces you overlap is how many goods you get in addition to the good symbols on your boards and it just works really cool it's so slick for and a mechanic i've never done be seen in a game right yep. it's fantastic yeah and it it does uh, induce a little bit of ap because you're folding yeah. these boards they're double-sided plus you get improvement little two two square improvement boards that you can add to those boards as well. Yeah. So th there and, and is lots of thinking to it. Yeah. And also, you know, once you cover something up, you don't get the, the app that's underneath it, right? Or yeah. like the, the action. So you're trying to figure out what the, what's the best way to overlap it and get goods and get the actions you want, um, which can take a while. But honestly, once you're past that point, the rest of the rounds go really quick. Yeah. Like uh, stages two through seven, Two through eight are very quick. Super fast. Like, uh, well, two through six, seven's got a little bit of a lag to it. Yeah. Uh, you found that in the five-player game. You hopped on your phone because you were a last player a lot of the time. <laughs> so just just so you know the stages, you got you know the setup, and then you get uh, how many goods you have, well, right? And set up, and then you decide how much your goods are worth. Right. You, you set your pricing, which is set by those boards. Yeah. And then you get how many goods you have, yep. and then you do your factories. Your and upgrades. Then you, yeah. yeah, your upgrades, and then you do your technology, and then yep. you do your movement. So you get through all of that, which is really quick, and then you get to selling your goods. So you yep. have a certain amount of cubes. Wherever you are on the board, you can sell goods there. Yeah, wherever um, you have an office set up. Wherever you have an office set up, and you have the, the tile that mat, the requirements to put them there. And with five people, I was the last person in the last game. So this is when everybody has the most goods they're ever going to have. And I was just like, okay, if I watch this, I can't plan anything out, right? Like, I just have to wait until it's open for me to play. So I just kind of hopped on my phone for a second. Yeah, the, um, the board is changing rapidly in that selling yeah. stage because there's only X amount of spaces for each region you're in. 
and you have to sell left to right and anything that you qualify for you can put a cube on yeah you can't skip over anything you qualify for yep if you do qualify and you want to put a cube down it has to go on those ones and that's where it sort of mitigates somebody just saying i'm going to do the ones that i know that shay can't place on yeah you can't hate draft as much you still can yeah. because if you have an office there and you can do a bunch of them you can just fill them all up yeah, sort of like yeah. when I put the six in the region where Adam was and he couldn't put any down. Yeah, but didn't you also cheat to do that? Uh, only once. Yeah, that was the one you cheated at. So. Yeah, but then yeah. I did it the following round, uncheating. Ah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's great. It definitely with five, it, honestly, it played great with five people. There were only a couple times where I was kind of like waiting. And I think it's that fifth player. That was the time I found there was the most weight. And that's just because everybody has to place 12 goods out, right? Yeah, it was that last round. Yeah. Uh, it... We played it with three, four, and five players yeah. last week. Uh, it comes with two boards, a two to three player board and a three to five player board. Yeah. Uh, we found in the three player, in the two to three player board that we played on, uh, it was just too snug and it really limited what people could do if you weren't one of your turn order really, really factored in that in yeah. the two to three player so game. So probably for three, you'd play with the big board, but maybe for two, the I, little one I, I would be think good? With two, you could play that little board, and it would be a, a, a much better game. Yeah. Uh, but it played great with uh, four and five. That's what I played. Exactly. And the boards and everything are beautiful. Oh, fantastic uh, it's production all quality. Double in this layer game. boards. Uh, it's cubes. And. Well, that's the thing. The resin pieces, there's cubes, there's stairs, uh, which are like movement Markets. and technology. Markets, sorry. Yeah. And then there's uh, the houses, offices. which are your offices. They're great. Honestly, it's, it's everything about this game is top-notch. Yeah. And, you know, even though it's not a game where the theme is necessary important, like, you know it's you're selling smartphone stuff, right? But really, you can just get lost in the mechanic. They still do a really good job of making everything play into that theme, like the score tracks an iPad. Yeah. Um, and the rule book looks like an owner's manual for a phone. And, yeah, and they, they, they really went yeah. full out on the production. They just and nailed the, it. The theme of the game, the, the look of the theme of the game. Yeah. Uh, not to say that that theme comes through any more than any Euro, yeah. but it does its best it can with yeah. it. Just looks awesome. This yeah. was a, I was excited to see the rule book. That's how good they did, like yeah. how well they did this. And the rules are simple. Uh, the game has some thought to it. Uh, you know, your mom was very... Very good in that she said, well, I'm not doing very well, but I'm having fun because I feel like I'm still accomplishing stuff, yeah. even though I'm a little bit behind in the game. Yeah. Uh, every game we've played has been close. Uh, there is a little bit of a gap, but not like tapestry gap. No, no. It's more of like, a, oh, I did one bad round gap, yeah. right? Yeah, or I got locked out yeah. in one round and it really hurt yeah. me. But you can come back from that too. My The first game we played, I won. Yep. And I got, I had one really bad round. Like I sold like what, eight points. Yeah. But then after that, I was getting huge points. Yeah. I, for Smartphone Inc., I thought it was a great game. It's fantastic. Uh, I can't wait to play it more. Yeah. And that'll be staying in our collection for a while. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the third one we played was called Shipwreck Arcana. And this was a little five player small box game. Uh, that was numeric deduction is how I would phrase it. Yeah, it was math. It, it was math. But uh, it was actually really fun. So you have tiles, uh, three sets of tiles, one to seven in a bag. 
each turn you're going to have two of those tiles either drawing two new ones if you've been guessed or drawing one to add a second one to the one that's in front of you and you have to play one of those tiles on the tableau in in between everybody in the main tableau and four of them give a clue as to what your yeah, number these is. These are cards, by the way. These are all cards, yeah. And the fifth one is your scoring track slash bad guy track. Yeah. So basically, you have these cards that all say, like, if your two tiles, you know, are this, or one's this and one's this, you can play one of them here. Yeah. And the goal is, based on what tile is laid down, the other people can guess, have to guess what tile, what number you have in your hand. Yeah. Um, and it's really neat because you use, like, power of elimination to figure out what's the one that people will be like oh because you put it here it has to be this one yeah right and there is an option if you can't place anything there's one you put it on um it does it does kind of lose you points but at the same time you can actually use it to guess because it yeah. means it doesn't fit into the other ones and that narrows down quite a bit yeah it was you, you know, know it was quick it was easy it was about 15 20 minutes and yeah. that's including the the teach teach and it was fun. Your your goal is to seven points and not to miss enough times to give the computer or the bad guy seven points. Yeah. Uh, really, it was like there's nothing fancy about the art. Was nice. Mm -hmm. uh, the the little squares are nice uh, pieces. Yeah. They're wooden uh, numbers. They're plastic, actually. Were they plastic? I think they were plastic. Yeah, I think they're wood. Maybe but... they were wood. I don't know. But yeah, like, and the box itself is. You know, the size of an old VHS tape. Well, that, yeah, that'll help so many people, Dad. People have still seen VHS tapes. I mean, I've tapes. seen VHS tapes, but yeah. just saying. <laughs> and yeah, that was the three games we played. Yeah, it was a great weekend. You're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. We are talking about board games and board game related topics. And we're going to jump into the news here. We're going to do it real quick so we get enough time to talk about our main topic. We kind of ranted about these board games for a little bit. Yeah, we were excited about them. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. Uh, once more, only a few topics we're going to touch on. Uh, the one that really interested me this week, I saw Tabletop Tycoon, which is a company that does Everdell. Okay, yeah. They gave away... Over a half a million dollars worth of board games to local game stores to help uh, help them out in these tough times. That's awesome. Yeah, I read that. I was like, that's that's very cool. And the that's... board game stores, all they had to do was apply, and they got selected. I don't know if it was criteria or, or, or random yeah. or something, but yeah, they uh, gave away a bunch of their stock and. That's awesome. I Just mean, to help people out. Like that's the thing. They need their board games sold, right? So yep. they need those game stores to be open. So it's a. Uh... You know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's, uh, it's like fungus. <laughs> I can't think of the word. It's like fungus. <laughs> you know how they use other things to survive and they help the other guys out too? I can't think of the word. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody help me in the science section of the board gamers, please. Okay. There's a word I'm trying to think of. Okay. It's like osmosis. No. No? No. It's not osmosis. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's one big living organism in the board game community yeah. and they all have to help each other out to survive. Yeah. Uh second piece I saw was uh third Gollum edition. I think I might have mentioned this briefly last weekend. Uh this is the Century New World is now gonna be uh Gollum Edition Endless World. Uh, looks like all the pieces got a little bit bigger, a little bit nicer, uh, but still in that small game box. Sweet. And the last one I saw was the world's first flick and write from uh, 
Pandasaurus Games. Oh, of course it's Pandasaurus. Yeah. Uh, Pandasaurus Games, people that did Dinosaur Island. Uh, this one is basically a little crocono board. And depending on where your discs end up and what numbers on the discs is where you can write on your your write sheet. Uh, and there's four areas on the board, four areas on your card. And they all do something a little differently. One's got a Tetra shape, depending on what disc is in there. You can use that shape or smaller. Uh, one is a little maze. It looks really neat. And from what I can see, it's about 30 bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's just, I came across it and me and your mom watched a video on it. And it was like, this looks really fun. That could be fun. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. Sweet Pandasaurus three. Games pushing the, pushing the envelope again. Three good news items. Yeah. Okay. We are on CFCR and we're going to, got about eight minutes left. We're going to talk about completionism. completionism. We nailed so, that. For yourself, Shay, yes. when you get a game that you really like, mm -hmm. do you need everything for that game? I think I could answer probably no to this one. Okay. And the reason I say that is Everdell. Because, or I should say, maybe it depends on the price of things. Okay. I have fallen into the hole of I do like upgrading my games, especially yeah. if, I, like, if I really like them, I would love to get good parts for them, right? Sure. Like I, Champions of Midgard, I did everything. Yeah. But I also got that game with all the expansions in it. So, yes. you know, it, I didn't have to buy the expansions because it was all together. Uh, Everdell, the expansions are way too expensive for me. And so I haven't bought them. And they already came with good components. So really the only thing I'm missing is those expansions. Yep. And the price just isn't worth it for me. Yeah. the, And, and I think that's there is a, uh, a line there between completionism and wanting to upgrade your components. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if you're upgrading your components, you're not going out to get everything for that game. You're just upgrading what's in that game already. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, you know, like, you know, there's promos, yep. there's expansions, as you said, you know, there, for you, there's a cost to that. Yeah. Uh, and if that cost isn't there, you're not going to go out of your way to do it. Exactly. It's like, even if I really love a game the extra mainly it's yeah it's promos like card decks and uh and expansions and stuff to them or if they do you know like the um maracaibo coins right yep. or whatever you just ordered no it wasn't maracaibo well, why are you bringing uh, me into this it was maracaibo coins maracaibo right? coins, yeah. yeah so like those are specifically for that game right yeah. and you're like oh i really want those um you and, know it has to be worth it to me yeah and i i think i fall in the same category as you only that i will spend the money mm -hmm. if I'm told it's worth it, or if I've played it and and that, and that yeah. expansion helps it, or those promos help it, yeah. Or they're cheap. If if stuff is cheap, I will get that for games like Great yeah. Western Trail. I've added stuff that by no means is that great, yeah. But it was cheap, and it doesn't take away from the game. Yeah, and I did that with Everdell too. I bought some promo card packs, right? Yep. Um, they were like five bucks, so like, why not throw them in? But I'm not going to buy the sixty dollar expansion. And see, I solve uh, the whole playing and liking thing by just not playing it. Yes. And then I don't have to want to buy it. Well, and there you go, right? Uh, I I don't consider myself a completionist. No. I, I do consider myself a deluxifier. Mm -hmm. If there's a game I like, I am going to go out of my way to make that game as pretty as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, Although you did 
by the expansion i guess it wasn't an expansion it was a new version of welcome Two. it's just there's like there's things that you see and you're like oh that falls into this category i need to get it like yeah your, but well, your that's favorite a new designers game, right yeah stuff. favorite yeah. designers and stuff like you know, in two days when they announce what the new Steffenfeld City yeah, Collection games exactly. for Queen are. Yeah. Like, by no means will I pre-order that day, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I I don't consider myself a completionist because I, I really think it's expensive, mm -hmm. right? And I would, unless, it, it's one of those categories of do you buy more games or do you buy more expansions? Yeah. You know, it, it's where you're putting your money to and those expansions have to bring something to the game. I, I have yep. played expansions that don't. I have played expansions that do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the game I would say I'm closest to a completionist would be Raiders of the North Sea because mm -hmm. it's one of my favorites. Uh, I got both expansions. There's a uh, deluxe box coming out, big box, that's going to hold everything nicer. I'll probably get that. I got the neoprene mat. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that is considered completionist or deluxifying it, right? Because it's a better box. It's I would a say better it, falls, it falls into both, right? A little because bit of like, gray area? I think it's a little bit of gray area because those things aren't just, you know, oh, I went and bought some gems and they're going to take the place of this. It's I'm buying a thing that the company made for this game, yeah. right? Um, which makes it feel like it's just another version of an expansion, right? They're just making an add-on for you to buy. It's like a Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Where you're, buy you're basically buying the next add-on. For sure. And, and, you know, and there's... Another example of this where it doesn't appeal to me is with Raiders of the North Sea, they're doing a new version called a, called Raiders of Scythia. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in this game because I have Raiders of the North Sea. Yeah. And I don't like the art of the new one. <laughs> it plays a factor. But, you know, this is something, though, that board game publishers do use to their advantage because well, there are yeah. tons of completionists out there. Yeah. I was going to say, like... You know, there have been more and more, it seems, um, board game companies not just putting out, oh, a new expansion, but also new components for their games because they know there's people that are going to buy them. Yep. And so they're just taking advantage of the fact that they know people will buy this thing um, and that they know people will see, like, the name of it and go, oh, I need, I need to have that expansion, right? Like, you know, yeah. they put enough hype out for it. Well, and I think there's a dark side to it as well. Like, that that's bad as, yeah. as it is, but, you know, at uh, board game conventions, a lot of publishers will give out promos for their games. Yeah. And that's the only place you can get them. So people will go collect these promos and then sell them on eBay for profit. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because they know there's suckers out there that need that promo card. Yeah. Uh, Raiders, or not Raiders, Rajas of the Ganges. Uh, there's four promos that came out in uh, different uh, advent calendars, like board game advent calendars. Okay. I, I found one on... Uh, where did I find it? I found it on Board Game Geek or something. So I, no, I got it in a promo box. Is what right. I did. Uh, but there's three more, and I was I did look around for those because they were supposed to make the game better. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, then they released the goodie box, so I'm waiting for that to show up so I can get that. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that I had to have those things, but I heard it was well, it helped the game. It's that thing of oh, I have one of them. Why yeah. not get the rest? Right. Well, I was holding off for so long because I wasn't paying $20 for four tiles. Yeah. Like, it's just I wasn't paying scalper price. Yeah. You know, and there's games and stuff like that that do the same thing. Like there's there's infamous games that you can't get anymore. Like mm -hmm. uh, Ginkopolis mm -hmm. is, is one that people talk about where everybody really likes the game. But uh, it's out of print. It's you out of print. It. The yeah. publisher's basically gone. He has no interest in redoing it or something. And the prices for it on eBay and stuff are crazy. Yeah. Uh, 
Star Wars Queen's Gambit. Mm. Uh, another one that people rave about being such a good game. I'm not paying $400 for no. a Star Wars game. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, you know, there's... There's, it, 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 completionism falls or bleeds into the category of, you know, how they know that they can get you with a cool thing yeah. or people know that some people just need to have this thing because it's rare and stuff. And so they're going to buy it at a crazy price or they're just going to buy it in general. Exactly. And, you know, I think, you know, people that are completionists should never, ever get into, uh, Dominion. Dominion. Yeah. A any deck builder, really. Yeah. Magic. Magic. Keystone. Yeah. Keyforge? Keyforge. Keyforge. Yeah. They release expansions and like Smash Up. Yeah. You know, I think Adam's one that I think has everything for Smash Up. That's crazy. <laughs> Couldn't do that. Yeah. It's, and I think we both fall into the same category. We're completionists. To a point? To a dollar value. <laughs> yeah. There is a, I am a student and there is a point where I stop buying things. Yeah. I, I would like to have everything for some games, but like, I'm not going to break the bank yeah, to do I it. Yeah, I would love to buy the expansions for Everdell. I will not do that until they are cheaper. Yeah, that's, they're the same price as the new game. And I yeah. just, I don't understand that. Yeah. Make no. your, make your, make your uh, expansions reasonably priced and then I'll buy them. Exactly. I'm David. And I'm Shay. And you were listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. And you guys have a great week. See you next week.